0: the best rugby insight and analysis OTB Sports Rugby how, how
1: would you argue if Johnny Sexton was to go and win a World Cup with Ireland and lead them to it that he wouldn't be the greatest
0: Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now The Koi part on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury a player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support Lily Ag scores one of the most important goals they have scored what a moment for the republic of ireland
2: hello and welcome to episode 38 of the koi gig podcast i'm kathleen McNamee and i'm joined by the one and only karen duggan who's so talented she managed to win player of the match after the ireland game versus uh, ever taking to the pitch. Now, as some of you may know, Karen often appears on the television analyzing Ireland games. And after the Slovakia match, the excellent Mary Hannigan, who we are massive fans of on this podcast, an excellent writer in the Irish Times, deemed Karen the winner of the match, writing Stephanie Roach, alongside George Hamilton in the Comrie box, chose Jess Zoo as her player of the match. A perfectly fine choice, although this couch would have opted for Karen Duggan. True, she wasn't actually on the pitch, instead playing just to the right of Lisa Fallon back in Orchard. studio, but no matter, her contribution to the evening was stellar. The very best thing about Karen Duggan is when she looks a touch menacingly through her spectacles on hearing platitudes about this Irish team, when the focus is shifted to their off-field activities rather than what they do on it. Karen, I cannot tell you how much joy I got reading that in the Irish Times the day after the match and how much joy I got telling you about it when I realised you hadn't seen it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for you. I'm actually going scarlet here. I know this is a podcast medium but I am beefy. Um, look, lovely words, but menacing. I actually kind of appreciate being called kind of menacing-looking. That's that's the the vibe I'm usually going. It was
2: funny when I read it. I like I knew the exact look that she meant as well. Whenever you have your like kind of gold-rimmed glasses <laughs> yeah. on, and I say something, and I just see the glasses go down, and I'm like, oh, I'm for it now.
1: <laughs> well, look. To be fair, I don't think I ever really got player of the match when I was on the pitch, so I'll take it.
2: <laughs> well we feel very blessed that you came back to us today with your newfound fame and <laughs> I look forward to many more Mary Hannigan columns about you in the future because it certainly brightened my day I actually have it clipped out of the paper and everything just for a little like quick <laughs> memento it. to have
1: <laughs> yeah um, nice memento I suppose yeah.
2: I It's always nice to have your talents recognised, even if it is for being slightly menacing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Look, it was reflective, I think, of the game and the questions that were being asked. So maybe when they win the playoff, I'll be... Back to my cheery, chirpy self. <laughs> I haven't
2: like, done that
1: ever, but I'm sure I would.
2: I was <laughs> going to say, I look forward to playing this clip back when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> um, the Coinging Pod and RTB Sports is an association with Cabri FC, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland Women's National Team. Now, last week, we brought you a bumper preview ahead of the Women's Super League season, which was supposed to start the weekend just gone. But owing to the death of Queen Elizabeth, it was postponed alongside the rest of football in England so we will not have any review for you today but we thought this would be the perfect opportunity to take a look at the Women's National League and how the season is going and we couldn't have chosen a better week really with some massive Changes happening over the weekend in the title race. Karen is sitting there smiling away, happy This is as the nice. first time in
1: a long time I would have been smiling <laughs> if we were doing a WNHL preview or review.
2: I know when it was first mentioned, you were very much like, mm, mm. "Don't know if I want to do this." and that you had a great weekend. So we will be talking to Alana Kanan about that later on in the podcast. Emma Carroll will be back with us next week for her team of the week. Um, but for now, Karen, how did you find not having any W? USL games at the weekend we were kind of pumped
1: yeah them. it was weird because we were all psyched for it and we were kind of looking forward to I guess this season on the podcast and really having an in-depth look at things and bumper episode last week and then jinxed it basically Um yeah it's, it's interesting I don't know like you understand maybe security concerns around some of the men's fixtures but I don't think those same security concerns are there for the women's game and I know there's a mark of respect but I'm kind of on the same um, thought process that minute, uh, minute silence and playing the national anthem. I think that that would be kind of a nicer way to to do it. But again, I suppose we're removed from England. It's it's completely different mindset and things over there. So um, I guess we just have to roll with it.
2: Yeah, I think most people I saw were quite confused by it and agreed that having some sort of ceremonial thing before the match or the black armbands during the game those things would have meant a lot more than just cancelling it outright because i also think you don't really have the option like by cancelling everything you're just kind of stuck at home by yourself and if you are someone who's upset by the news or you know someone who the monarchy means a lot to you you surely would rather be with people and celebrate a life but again that is a very irish way of looking at things yeah. where someone dies and we're like let's have a party or let's have a big you know celebration of their life so maybe it is just coming from that but i thought as well you know, uh, We had Martin Lipton on off the ball this week and he was saying that even the children's levels of things were cancelled and to him that was taking it a bit too far. He was like, I can understand the bigger games, but especially for kids who just want to go and have a kickabout on a Saturday or a Sunday, it seems quite unnecessary to have it down through all the levels. Um, and it's especially disappointing for the WSL because we were expecting some big games and big stadiums, and getting those rearranged is going to be very, very difficult.
1: Yeah, because like there were some really good fixtures there, and like i say it was kind of the the bounce from the Euros in England and all the ticket sales that went into that, and we had some really big billings. Obviously, looking at kind of City and Arsenal setting out their stall so for the season, it would have been really interesting and really good way to kind of kick off the season. Um, so yeah, it's just. A- Pointing all round, yeah, going down to kids' levels again, I don't really get it. For me, I understand security concerns, but I don't really see the need to, to take away people's routine and joy and people find their own way of uh, marking their respect. Um, and I think that the clubs would have done a really good job. Um, and I think the fact that these big games would have been showcased in front of a big crowd, it would have been a nice way to mark their respect. Um on the flip side, maybe after the Euro, some of the teams would welcome it, given that they get an extra week of preseason, essentially an extra week to develop a, a style of play, particularly the teams maybe that signed a lot of new players. Maybe that extra week will stand to them.
2: Golf, City.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, I'm sure they won't be overly upset. But then when you get yourself up for a match and then it's, it's, we don't know when it's going to be rescheduled for you've put a lot of time and effort into analysis and um coming up with what shape you're gonna play in the week previous. Now they're professionals, they'll they'll obviously reconvene and look forward to the next game. Do we know? Has that been confirmed though? When the next game? So
2: the FA have said that games can go ahead this weekend, but it's dependent on individual clubs and what they can set things up for. So say in the Premier League, they've postponed three games because they can't get adequate um It's policing for But they haven't officially announced which WSL games were going to go ahead. From most of what I saw today, it's thought that all of them will go ahead because none of them will require the levels of policing that... Yeah. A men's game will. um, And I think a lot of them are being held outside of London as well, which helps okay. because I think that's the place where there's the main amount of concern that they won't be able to provide the people for it. Like, I think... There's maybe two games in London this weekend between Friday and Sunday, so it's not as bad. Um,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, like it's just another fixture now to be played, and again, there's a, another stop in the league in October for you know World Cup playoffs and an international break there. And are you going to play that game midweek? Getting closer to those playoffs and. How will international managers feel about that? Or will it be pushed more towards the end of the season? And then towards the end of the season, you've got things like in more injury concerns, fatigue, particularly the teams involved in Champions League potentially. So it's just a, a little bit of a headache. So the fact that it's going to go ahead this weekend and there's not two games to, re, to reschedule, I think that um, it's in the best interest of everyone, really.
2: Yeah, and I think it's kind of similar in the men's game where... The teams who are going to find it most difficult, like your Chelsea's or your Arsenals or even your cities, the ones who are staying in competitions for longer and who have more fixtures, it's going to be very frustrating for them, I imagine, if they're trying to set it up at the latter stages of the season. Um, and I'm quite annoyed that Arsenal don't get to play City last weekend because I feel like this would have been a prime time to take them on and get some points on the board. But alas, I will just have to hold out hope that we remain uninjured and we <laughs> have a disastrous season. <laughs> um, pick of the fixtures for this weekend. There isn't any massive ones, but I say Liverpool Chelsea will be interesting just to see. It's a tough one for the first match Liverpool have to play in the WSL, and they get. The champions who are going for yeah, four.
1: In a way, is it nearly better to get that over and done with and straight away you see the level that you need to get to? I mean, not to be always bringing it back to Ireland, but Ireland played Sweden in that first qualifier and they they did well in Tala, but Sweden did, like they controlled the game very well and they, it showed the level that Ireland would have to get to. And then they did really well in the subsequent games. So maybe this early kind of shock to Liverpool system will be. Just what they need, um, just in order to really fully understand the difference between championship and WSL a very
2: good point and I, I, I still feel like this could be a bit of a scalping for Liverpool I just feel like Chelsea are going to come <laughs> I'm just trying to put a positive
1: spin but the new chirpy me that's not medicine is just trying to be positive
2: that's I was gonna say I was like you is a <laughs> dude? <laughs> you afraid of Mary call him off this quaking podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then we have other fixtures Arsenal Brighton United face Reading Assevilla play City West Ham face Everton which could be an interesting one because the two teams where I'm not really sure how they're going to line up or how they're going to fare this season and then Leicester against Tottenham so yeah hopefully by this time next week the matches will have been played and we will be able to bring you a proper weekend review Now, I am delighted to say that we are joined by WNL expert Alana Kanan to talk about the season so far, and of course our very own Karen Duggan, who apologises in advance for any bias that may remain I don't. May or may I become. don't apologise. <laughs> Um, and normally when we start off one of these, we would be diving straight into the football, but the actual stuff happening on the pitch hasn't been the biggest story in the league. Unfortunately, the last couple of days, um, Galway have released a statement saying that they won't be putting a team forward for the 2023 league. They said that they wanted to acknowledge all the great work that local clubs have done for the development and that they would have continued to develop so many different internationals and several from our club featuring at senior level for the Irish team team. Uh, but they just said that the additional resources involved in running a successful club and the more demanding time means that they cannot keep running the club. Now, there has been a bit more out of the club since then. That restatement was released last night. And since then, um, the chairman, Stephen Moore has also been involved in some interviews where he- he said that it was additional costs involved in running the successful club, but it was also imperative that football did remain in the region next season and that they hope that someone else will take up the mantle. Now he said some figures uh, when talking about it on Go AFM, he said that the first year budget was 20,000 and they spent 18,000 this year. They will not get, they will not get change out of 160,000. He said, so I mean, we have no way of verifying those details apart from the fact that he said them, and that is what they are publicly saying. And he also said that it has been on the cards for a while now, because I know it came as a surprise to a lot of people last night uh, in his statement. He said, even last year we found it very difficult to be able to give the girls what they duly deserved, all the expertise that they need to get them to play at the elite level. When there's a decision coming down the line, I think for next season is the Women's League will move on to be a semi-professional league. There was no way that we could offer to pay players next year and run the club decision was to put it out there now and it gives other entities a chance maybe to continue on next year this was coming to boil around july and without the help of the management of both the senior and the underage we probably would have had to fold in july without their help in that situation we would not have finished this season out and Uh, And he also goes on to say that they also talked to the FAI about it and that they were aware and that they did provide help in this situation. So, I mean, I know I was quite surprised when I read the statement last night. Alana, were you the same?
0: Yeah, definitely, Kathleen. Kind of a lot to unpack, I guess. But yeah, pure kind of shock was the first reaction anyways. Um, Just such a shame because, as we all know, there's such talent there in Galway, and that has come out of Galway as well. Um, that it would be a shame to see them, uh, just disband like that. And I guess another thing is, while they're saying there's increased costs, and I imagine there is so for every WNL side, that's probably a testament to the more resources that are needed to be pumped in. Because I know Karen, you know a lot more about this than me now, but there's a lot that goes in behind the scenes that I don't think people realise, and um, that goes into it. And in WNL, you know, um, so I'd say. Maybe that all kind of came in on top of them. And then, yeah, we'd have to wait and see. It was kind of a bit of a ominous one as well because there was no throw to the future or um anything in that regard. It was just very abrupt, I thought, anyways.
2: Well, that's the thing that was surprising about it, because they seemed to be saying in the statement last night, please someone take this up. And then there was a lot of reports today that, you know, they were going, the team was going to be taken in by Galway United and that that was a process that was already started. But then that also introduced a question for a lot of people of, well, why announce this now if that is happening down the line? Why not wait until the end of the season or wait until... There's a bit more of a deal sorted, so you can say, "Look, we've taken this team, this club as far as we can, but someone else is stepping in. It's great. We hope the legacy continues." Instead, it just seemed to be patting themselves on the back a little bit. Karen.
1: Yeah, I found the statement um, strange. Not only the the timing of the release. I mean, what's five games left in Mm. the season? If it was there since July, just I kind of think if you've come this far, wait till the end of the season. It's just going to bring added kind of eyes on the team and I guess just start controversial conversations about the Women's National League at a time when we're really trying to grow it. Um, I don't think that Galway will be left without a team because Galway is a huge football and county. And if that is the case and they're going under the Galway United belt, the statement at the end of the season would have been like, look, the game has grown. We now see the benefit of amalgamating with a men's team and the way that we saw Rohini do it with shells, the way that we're seeing all the kind of teams that are on an upward trajectory doing it, it is the way the league is going, and I think we all have to acknowledge that. And it will mean harsh conversations for the likes of say ourselves at P Mount and for um, I guess DLR Waves and how how long can we keep competing if those are if those costs that he's quoting there are the case um, without huge sponsorship coming in um, not having the backing of a men's club is going to be a huge factor in survival but there is the opportunity for them to have that in Galway given that they already share the stadium and the facilities there so I just found it surprising in terms of timing and just the way it was delivered it wasn't like oh there's a plan in place or or anything like that it was kind of like come and get us but the rumblings Mm. are that the United might take them on, but it's it yeah, I just found it strange. You just kinda
0: of wondered though, in that regard, if that was the case, why wasn't that conversation happening behind closed doors? Like they
1: I think, really yeah, I would think have it had, should be behind yeah. closed doors and talk about it more as an amalgamation rather than a we're we we're done, we can't do it anymore. Should be them, look, we're working with other people to ensure yes. that it's both really good team and good club survives maybe under a different guise but um, yeah I think that the wording was was interesting
2: and it is interesting that interview that he gave today because he delves a bit more into the figures and into the reasoning but even dropping something into the interview like I think the league will move on to be semi-pro next year and this is something we've talked about so many times on the podcast Karen and I know there's been a lot of want for it to happen and obviously there's still a lot of work that needs to be done in terms of making sure that clubs can actually accede to that and that players are treated right and it's we're not having this massive gap where some clubs can do it and other clubs can't and all the different issues but for him to pull Galway out of contention and then just kind of randomly drop and be like oh by the way (laughs) I think (laughs) the league is going semi-pro next year it's not even saying that you know down the line there's a feeling of semi-pro it's very definitive for someone to say without any official reasoning.
1: Yeah, no official reasoning. And also he's saying it in a way that's saying, oh, it's it's a barrier. We're dro- yeah. We are driving with the women's game. We want the league to go semi-professional. We want it to go in that direction. So yes, clubs need to change. And yes, there's going to have to be a lot of work put in to get us to... Um, like a, a structured level where players are on contracts and are being looked after in a certain way and it'll be tiered and it'll be um a lot more paperwork and it'll be a lot of effort but yeah. in the long run it's a really good thing so if you have the opportunity where you have a, an established club with really good underage structures and really good um senior team as well really really good players and you're still turning out these players and there's an opportunity to bring them forward and find a way to help them through. I think that that should be the angle they would have taken saying, okay, we've brought them as far as we can. Now we want this team to go semi-professional. So hopefully someone can come in and help. But it was very, I just didn't get that kind of, maybe I just didn't feel like that was the way it was delivered. And maybe that's not on purpose, but it just didn't feel to me like that was how it was. I don't know what you felt.
2: No, I felt the same. And Alan, I think as well, we probably have the right to be a bit suspicious of Galway in what they say and what they put out considering the situation where they brought Ruth Fahey in and they promised her to be like I think she was the first CEO of any women's yeah. national yeah. league I made a big
1: deal of it made you know? a big
2: deal of it it was a year long contract I was reading back over some of the things she said at the time today when she first took it up and she said like look I know it's a risk it's a year long contract I've just qualified to be a lawyer and but I think this is worth it and then she was given just five months months and they said well we didn't have the structures in place to maintain that role and you're like well if you've told someone that you fundraised for the role and that the money is there Mm -hmm. then why don't you have the money to see it through for the rest of the year so I, I don't know for me as well that was one of the things that came to my mind when I read this statement where I was like I don't entirely trust what you're telling me here
0: yeah, you just wonder where that kind of side was, especially in that regard. I suppose that's just an example, and maybe it's more of a testament to what was going on, let's say, behind the scenes, that everybody wouldn't have been really seen from Galway, Galway, WFC. But yeah, as you say, um, appointing her to, to the position and then explaining that they didn't have sufficient structures to support it just five months later. And it might have been even been less, I believe. But um, it just seems kind of ludicrous to... Uh, kind of say you're going to do something and then uh, pull out at a, at a later stage when you've already committed to it, i say the 12-month contract. And I think as well, what Karen was saying there, to bring up the semi-professional status as a barrier was something that is completely mind-blowing to me because as we all know, um, women's football is only on the up and up. Um, and to say it in that kind of light, I think puts it puts it in a bad perspective, whereas really it's it's do you a positive think thing.
1: Base to say come and get us to a club.
0: I think definitely yeah. It seems like it was a jolt because, like we were saying there, if not, why doesn't it happen then behind closed doors? You know, and why don't you do it at the end of the season when uh, the games have already elapsed and you don't have any more of the expenses, even if it is amassing up to that amount that he was talking about. Um, you'd wonder, though, like if Galway United do come in for Galway WFC um, what the kind of treatment would be there. You know, for some clubs, it works out quite well. Um, I'd say Sly Rovers, it worked out quite well in that, you know, um, they kind of seem to be promoting them. Um, you know, when they do pictures and that kind of thing, they're all together kind of way. Um, whereas other clubs, I suppose you're not really too sure how it's going to work out, you know, um, and whether the FAI are going to kind of mandate that clubs go that direction and kind of have both a one club applo- approach with your men's and your women's teams. If um, you have a men's team. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. Because, but as well, I'm, like, allowing can't do it you retrospectively. retrospectively.
2: You mentioned Sligo Rovers there, and like we interviewed them on the podcast back before the season started, just to talk to them about how they actually set up the women's team. And for them, it was very much a, a long-term process. Because I remember saying at the time, I was like, "Oh, I'm as Sligo like person, I'm disappointed it's only coming now." And they were like, "Yes, we should have done this earlier, but also we wanted to make sure we had certain like amateur set up first and make sure that we had all those building blocks for a successful team." Do you think that this statement and the way it's been dropped, so say if Galway United do take uh, Galway under their wing for next season or maybe even have to give themselves another season or two, it, it just seems slightly unfair to whoever does try and build up the team to give them such short notice and it's not like a long-term process has been put into place where Galway have looked at their figures and said, okay, we probably can't maintain a team for the next few seasons. So we're going to start the process now. And as Karen said, like an amalgamation, whoever does take it up is going to be slightly kind of catching their tail, just trying Mm -hmm. to keep up with where the other clubs are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's an interesting way to look at it. I, actually, I hadn't actually put it in that perspective. But when you think about it like that, like Sligo, as you say, we're building for that for up on five years. You know, how are um, anybody that's supposed to come in and um, supposed to get the structures up and running to that capacity that quickly? Um, I suppose the other thing is, like, you know, there are other teams already trying to get into the WNL. And while no one would want to see Galway WFC collapse and hopefully they get in under another entity, you know, um, there's teams like Shamrock Rovers who've been trying to get into the WNL for quite a few years now. And um, I'm not sure what the barrier is to letting them in, but as in, they've been, like like you're saying there, as, as well as Sligo, building that up for quite a number of years now. I know Drogheda uh, recently laid plans to um, have their structures built up with the ultimate goal of having a team as well. In um in the next few years, anyways, but um they done that and appointed Laura Laura Donovan, who's doing great works there by all accounts. But as in this all bodes to that you do need to have an incremental plan and a structure and people in place to do all of that. So if you're just dropped dropped at the drop of a hat, and where do you go next? It'd be very hard to get all those people in that quickly.
2: Yeah, I and mean, we should also. I feel like we've done a lot of talk of about Galway but I know you were actually at their match at the weekend um, where they were playing Saigo Rovers and we won't mention the scoreline because <laughs> it was quite a dismantling but it's like it's disappointing for those players as well I mean they're very respectable mid-table at the moment they probably don't know what's coming down the line Um, were you impressed with the way they played at the weekend?
0: Um, I was at the weekend Sligo had a strong start now McGorry and um hitting the net again. She's been in flying form as of late. Um, But yeah, they started kind of um slowly and then built up. As soon as they got a foothold in the game, they were kind of gone past. But I did think Galway would do kind of surpass a bit of the expectations that probably, you know, go past that mid-table finish this year. And they haven't done that as of yet. But um, they definitely do have the players to do so. Um, From kind of older players like Julianne and, Savannah, obviously is currently injured at the minute, but they also have younger players like Janice Lattery and Kate Slevin are very young yet. And um, so that just uh, goes back to what we were saying. They're such a better talent. It'd be a shame to see it go to waste.
2: And Karen, in happier news, I'm going to give you your moment because it was a bid weekend for you, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Finally, finally got your win over Sharon. Yeah,
1: fourth time lucky this season, yeah. Um,
2: Yeah, and kind of did a big blow to their title hopes at the same time
1: yeah (laughs) Um, I mean for us we've been really disappointed obviously with how the season has gone uh, particularly our results against Shelburne Um, we know ourselves that we haven't played up to our standards you probably have seen there's a lot of really good talent in the squad if you looked at likes of So I have Doyle's performance there in McLaughlin and they were superb at the weekend and we've had a good bunch, there's a bit of disruption people in and out and that, but that's always going to be the case while we are an amateur team and we've lost players, but Shelburne will as well. And that's kind of what happens um, in an amateur league. But yeah, I mean, once we got over the hump and we beat Athlone in that game, I think that that was important for us because they were sitting above us for such a long time and we for us to be fourth or fifth in the league didn't sit well. So it was good that we got over that. That was a really tough game. And then we've kind of at least kicked on, which shows we have a bit of our steel back, which we definitely didn't show earlier in the season. Um, and on the flip side, Shelburne have had kind of a tough run of fixtures, including their Champions League. So it was kind of the perfect opportunity for us to come in and put in a good performance. Um, I We were obviously really happy with it, I'm sure. Wexford were probably even more happy with their performance for us. It was just about getting three points and kind of proving that we're still a good team. We're not really looking at the title. We're just kind of taking it game by game, kind of trying to regroup. Um, But Wexford kind of just silently been tipping away in the back round at the start of the season. They didn't have a great start, but they're just one of those teams that don't ever go away.
2: Yeah, so the league table as it stands, if people haven't been following, is Wexford youths are on forty nine, Shelburne are on forty eight points, and then P Mount and Athlone are behind on forty three. Alana, who do you think is going to win the league? Um, I had actually predicted, and I didn't realise they
0: were going to go up on social media. My pick for the cup, the league, player of the year, um. And then there was a young player of the year, I think it was. And I play a year as Savannah. She got injured very early on the season. Um, And I forget my other ones. But anyways, I had Wexford picked for the league. So I'm kind of smugly, quietly optimistic here. But yeah, I think it's funny. There's always kind of a cycle in the WL. Um, At this stage, you know, the top teams are going along and then the WSL or whichever transfer window opens, you get your few top players maybe taken away from you and then the other talent has to filter through. So I guess that's kind of what happened, chelsea And uh, unfortunately for them, but fortunately for um yourselves, Karen and Wexford on it loan, maybe uh, it kind of gives everyone a chance to um catch back up. And then they had the Champions League thrown in on top of that as well. So um a lot coming at them at once. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see. It's
1: always. I think it it could come down to the last game of the season. Yeah. Perfect. You couldn't have predicted, if you were a league organiser, a better kind of last game of the season for Shells and Wexford. Obviously, I would prefer if we were still being (laughs) chatted about at that stage of the season. But I, I don't think there's much between them. I mean, we just played Shelburne. We still have to play Wexford. I think that Athlone still have to play both teams possibly as well. So some big games coming up.
0: Shells and Westford, or sorry, Shells and Atlone play this weekend. Yeah. So that could be a crucial tie.
2: <laughs> and Alana, you were talking before we started recording about how impressed you had been with that loan this season and that they kind of been a quiet contender that a lot of people may not have sussed out before the start of the season, but have just been there to trip people up when they need it at least. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying you. not to be pointed about
0: that,
1: Come <laughs> I'm over it.
0: I actually just mentioned um, on the WNL wrap this morning it's funny isn't it because um, you guys at P-Mount have always been so consistent and up there at the top of the table and maybe this year um, kind of have been outside of that top two let's say but at loan who have been dubbed as like having the season of their club history are level with you guys right now but they last year weren't in that um, same room at all but I think Tommy Hewitt has done brilliant work there and they have a lot of young players too. I suppose it'll just be about now whether they can keep hold of them because um, Emily Corbett, for example, I'd say could be up there for player of the season. I thought she's been brilliant. You have Meryn Devaney, Roshi Malloy. They have a lot of young talent and yeah, it'll be interesting to see can they kind of build on that again next year.
2: And... With this season, you guys were talking there about the fact that it it could come down to the final day. There's a lot of excitement. The organisers couldn't have planned it better. They couldn't have planned it better at the end of last season either. Do you think there was a little bit of like ship shafting? Because we know how much attention it did bring on the league whenever that happened.
1: So, it's not too much of a coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) I love the
2: two big smiles on both of you. (laughs) It's funny, the
0: televised games always bring the most drama, I think, anyways, because even that one at the weekend, and then you had the Shelburne Sligo one. last year as well so whatever TG Catter have in the water they need to bring more of it. we were calling
1: it up until recently
2: <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully it'll be an exciting end of the season there's five six rounds left five five, games. five rounds left okay yeah it was six from the weekend so as you both said still a lot of play for still a lot of excitement happening would recommend everyone tuning in for any of the games that are on TG Cacher. Uh I actually had quite a few people come up to me in the office today saying that they watched you at the weekend Karen and thought it was great and there were people who wouldn't traditionally watch the Women's National League either so it's always nice to hear that <laughs> yeah big time Um, Now, we told you about this last week, but we are keen to help as many clubs as possible. So we are once again looking to give you the opportunity to win some money for your club. Very exciting. We love doing this. Thanks to our partners at Cadbury's. We're supporting Irish women's grassroots football, and we are giving away all the net profits from our most recent Cadbury Roadshow in Vicar Street, which was a great night of discussion with some very famous faces. Uh, over the next few weeks, we'll be giving you an opportunity to win €1,000 worth of equipment for your local grassroots adult club. To win this money, it's very, very simple. All you have to do to be in with a chance to win it is contact us with your club details and contact information at the Gig Pod at offtheball.com. Terms and conditions apply and head over to otbsports.com com for more so it literally could not be simpler to try and win some money for your club and that's I mean it's what we talk about on the podcast all the time it's what we like to support through our broadcasting so it's great to actually have the opportunity to get some equipment to some clubs as well that's it for this week's podcast from what we are aware there will be WSL games this weekend so we will make sure to review them in full for you next Tuesday and we will also have Emma Carroll back with a team of the week alana thank you very much for joining us thank you and thank you karen once again i look forward to your next appearance in the national (laughs) 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 newspapers
1: no i'm going underground now (laughs)
2: Uh, we will see you all next week
1: the koi gig pod on
0: otb sports in association with cadbury a player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support